You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. On this episode of Cheesehead Radio, the Packers squeak out a win in Baltimore. While grabbing the top seed in the NFC for now, there's lots of Packer news to catch up on. And Merry Christmas! The Browns come to Lambeau on Saturday. Four quarters of Packers talk right here on Cheesehead Radio. Hello again, Cheesehead Nation. We are now 12 years into this experiment called Cheesehead Radio. And we're back this week after a nail-biter of a win over the Baltimore Ravens. As is usually the case, your hosts tonight are the exhausted Kelly Hodson, known as That Packer Girl on Twitter. Also joining us is the enervated C.D. Angeli of Packers Talk and Tundra Vision on Twitter. And lastly, little old me, your voice of reason and faith in the Packers, Jersey Al of Packers Talk and Cheesehead TV. You can follow me at Jersey Al GBP on Twitter. That's it for the lengthy introductions. Let's get this show on the road. What do you mean, the voice of the Packer faith? Does that mean that CD and I are the apostates or something? That goes back a few episodes when you guys were the non-believers and picking them to lose, and I picked them to win, and I was right, because I had faith. And you called me Pollyanna because you thought it was impossible that they would win, but they did. He's so. going to rub this in. I just, yeah, I just, I'm just leaving that in there. I'm just leaving that in there. All right. All Until right. I feel like taking it out. Let the old guy gloat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's all he has. Anyway. <laughs> so the Green Bay Packers, uh, speaking of maybe having your faith tested a little bit this past weekend, go to Baltimore and this game, which we all predicted pretty easy win uh, last week. Well, we got a win, but no one was really close on the score. Uh, and it, it was 31 to 30, if I'm correct. I had the Packers score, correct? Yes. <laughs> and I, I, think I was really close. I was too. only off by two field goals on the Ravens, so I was close. Yes. And had the game stopped with four minutes left, we all would have been right. But yeah. uh, once again, they came alive. This was my analogy I made, and you guys can tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. Both teams played two quarters in that game. Neither team played four quarters. If the Ravens would have played the same way they had played the first and fourth quarters the entire game, they would have won going away. If the Packers would have played the same way that they did in the second and third quarter the entire game, we would have won by 70 points. So, (laughs) well, maybe I'm exaggerating, but anyway, Mm -hmm. both, both teams played partial games, and we ended up this really crazy nail-biter, and really odd decision by John Harbaugh at the end of the game. Well, you know, you say it's odd, right? I think I do it's think odd. it's odd. I, I think it's odd. However, the Packers coach says he would have done the same thing in his position. Now, he's putting himself not on the Packers. I th- I didn't think he meant, like, if the Packers were down, he would have gone for two. I think he meant if he was the coach of the Ravens, that's what he would have done. Which I found pretty interesting <laughs> that he would say that, you know. That is actually yeah. kind of funny the way he phrases it, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like, if I hey, were to them, I'd probably do. Like, you stuff you have to read into that. Which way did he mean it? You know, and, and I don't think 
I, I, I think he consciously was not about to say, oh, yeah, I would do that if I were, you know, if, if we were in that position. But in any case, and, yeah. you know, Harbaugh would have looked like a genius had it worked. But the tasty schadenfreude when Stokes came to play was quite delightful. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's an all or nothing kind of guy. He proved it earlier in the game going for it on fourth down sometimes when maybe they shouldn't have. And it cost them then. And, you know, but he's had. You know, he's done this before. He lost the game a couple of weeks ago doing the same thing, going for two. Um, so that's that's just the way he is, and that's the way he wants to do it, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Because <laughs> I'm perfectly fine that it didn't work. Exactly. However, I was arguing this with a friend this week, um, and my friend John was like, hey, I would have totally done that. And he's a hardcore Packer fan, like, because it's bold, and then you don't have to go to overtime. And the way that both teams were inconsistent, I hate to agree that I might be agreeing with my friend because like you said, each team played two quarters of, of solid football and two quarters of atrocious football. Would you want to take your chances in overtime? Um, yeah. Yeah, I would. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm looking at the bigger picture, right? The bigger picture is we need, if we win every game, we've got home field through the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm not willing to take that risk of losing that game without, getting in another opportunity for that reason. So I'm, I'm looking at it from that standpoint more than just that individual game. And I think that the way I kept looking at it, and that's why I didn't see a lot of sense in it, if you kick the extra point and it's a tie game, Aaron Rodgers has 42 seconds to get down the field. and get Right, an that's the other thing. And he's done it. And if he kicks the field goal, you lose. If you convert the two-point conversion – Aaron Rodgers still has 42 seconds to get down the field and have Mason Crosby kick a field goal and you still lose. So (laughs) I don't know. I I guess at at that point I would have said kick the extra point and let's just, you know, put it all in and and try to get some momentum, see if we can get a stop, see if we can stop Aaron Rodgers from scoring and then go into overtime and and do your best. At that point, the momentum was kind of on your side, but your fourth down conversions for the game was not on your side. Because what, what were they like on their own twenty or thirty when they went for it, and it came back to bite them in the butt as well. Yeah, it was, it was not it was not a great decision. Around the thirty, I think it was thirty something. But can I just say it was a nail biter, and you could really tell Kenny Clark was not in the game, and that just seemed to be our Achilles the entire game. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the middle the middle of the of the field there, in the middle of the line. You know, the, their quarterback was not getting any pressure up the middle, okay? The only pressure they got was from some couple of our edge rushers who decided to spin inside and leave the edge completely open. So, um, you know, Kenny, Kenny Clark missing. You, you, when, you, when you see a game like this, uh, you really appreciate him a little bit more. And congratulations to Kenny Clark his getting nominated to the Pro Bowl again. Oh, he did. I didn't see who the... We have three. We have Rodgers. It was Devante and Clark. And Clark. They were all yeah, yeah. Those are the three gimmies. Anyway, Jenkins would have been a gimme if he hadn't gotten hurt. Bakhtiari would have been a gimme if he had played. You know, so. And I think Dylan and Aaron Jones has split an awful lot of time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of hard to pick one winner. Exactly. Of course, I remember when uh, Mike Allstott and was work done. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, done, yes, yeah. go, yeah, man, they both made the Pro Bowl one year as the fullback and halfback. But, but that, so, uh, that's when you had a true fullback, true, right? And you were you were not you were putting a true fullback in the Pro Bowl. I don't think that really happens anymore. It no. doesn't. Yeah, 
but it should. I'm not opposed to it. All right. Well, anything else you guys have on this game against Baltimore before we move on? A win is a win, even if it's one point. Yep. It's in the rearview mirror. All right. So we're going to call that a win, a a narrow win, a very close win. We'll call it a win for the Packers. Move on to the second quarter. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Packers' playoff chances and the momentum they have right now. Right now, things are looking pretty peachy, aren't they, guys? Quite peachy. It was quite delightful that some really good teams lost to some really bad teams this weekend. Oh, it was a good week. It was was wonderful. The the only capper would have been if the the Bears didn't just totally destroy themselves and when they actually had a chance (laughs) to beat the Vikings, you know, but oh well. I was kind of hoping they would win and kind of solidify Nagy being there next year. (laughs) But I'm not too worried they don't have any draft choices left. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the Detroit Lions, you know, we were, we were kind of happy last week when the 49ers kind of came through and, and beat the Cardinals for us. And then all of a sudden, yeah, well, they're playing the Lions. That's an easy win. What? That's, that's I, what Arizona thought. What? <laughs> Arizona had its wonderful trap game this weekend. <laughs> for sure. That was crazy. So so the Lions get on in the win column, which, you know, good for them. Like I said, I, I'm good for them. I'm not that mean that I'm going to root for them to go winless, but uh, you know, you like to see them do that. And then, of course, who doesn't like seeing the Saints beat up on Tom Brady and shut him out and have him throw absolute temper tantrums on the sideline? That was uh, ever so satisfying. So how the heck did, what was, was it? He was named Sportsman of the Year. There's nothing sporty about him. He's like a big, whiny baby. Well, you know that. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was that was sweet, no doubt. If only our defense could put pressure on quarterbacks like the Saints did, I'd feel a lot better than if the if the Packers and the Bucks meet up again. But the Saints, the Saints, it's it's funny because they'll have two or three games a year out of the blue like this one, where they'll just destroy somebody completely. Oh, and then, like us. <laughs> and then they'll go out and you know they'll play <laughs> meh against other teams and win some games, lose some games. But then they'll have performances like this. They're, they're such a hard team to figure. You know, I, I, I'd hate to be a, a better betting on the Saints. You know, <laughs> I cannot figure them out. So the Packers have wrapped up the NFC North. Uh, so yeah, congratulations once again. They are also the only team in the NFL right now who even have a playoff spot wrapped up. Every other team, all 31 other teams, well, obviously save for the Lions who are already out, um, don't even have a playoff out. spot. Yeah, don't even have a spot wrapped up yet. No, they do not. No, so a lot to go with three weeks. I mean, there's only three weeks left, and you think there'd be a couple more uh, spots sealed up at this point, but no, there's a lot of really close battles in in both conferences. And this is what the NFL wants. This is the parity that they want to build excitement at the end of the season. So they got what they wanted. So the Packers now own the number one seed. They're 11-3. and And thanks to those losses we talked about earlier, Dallas, Tampa, and Arizona lead their respective divisions with 10 and four records. So we technically have a one game lead over, you know, all the teams minimally. And then of course we own tiebreakers, I believe over Arizona and we beat them and Tampa, Tampa. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, so definitely in the driver's seat control. Dallas is is the issue. Right. right. Like if we end up tied with Dallas, 
Dallas would win the tiebreakers based on right. Is it division record or conference record? I'm not sure. It's one of those. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> but, well, that but we don't own the tiebreaker either way. <laughs> so the Packers magic number. So this this creates these interesting uh, rooting battles on who we're rooting for uh, in the NFL. But the Packers magic number to maintain that number one seed right now is three. So any combination right now of three wins or three losses, I guess, particularly right now by Dallas, uh, means that we've wrapped up the number one scene, which means that the Packers win this weekend, Dallas loses, uh, that, you know, that will take that magic number down to one. However, the Bucks, Cards, and Rams all have losing magic numbers of two, so they can't control their own destiny. They can't win out. Right. And, and still get it from us. We, they would have to count on us to lose Dallas technically sort of has that ability to win out and possibly with a loss on, uh, on our part would then of course take over the number one seed. Right. So, right. But the only thing that's going to happen is that the Packers are going to win out. Exactly. So all those points are moved, <laughs> but we can root for it to happen sooner. Yeah. Uh, so, we need to root for Washington this weekend, uh, which is a nice, you know, uh, rivalry game with the Cowboys. Rooting for Carolina, who's, who's which I believe... be their, who's sorry, who's going to be their quarterback? Is it is it going to be that kid that they just picked up off the street and was uh, playing against the Eagles? I don't know. Yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> yeah, that makes it a little uh, more right. But uh, Dallas does play Arizona the week after that. Well, in everyone's da- beating Arizona. In Dallas. So, I don't know. Uh, so. Carolina plays Tampa Bay. That's another, I think, uh, rivalry game as much as they probably can have rivalry games down in the NFC West. Uh, and Indianapolis is playing Arizona. I don't think it's a rivalry game, but yeah. those no. Indianapolis those, is certainly capable. Yeah. Yes. That'd be, so, that's going to be a good game to watch. Yeah. And we could also, if you want to root for the Vikings to beat the Rams, who also are still in contention technically for the number one seed, even though they're in second place. But I'm not going to root for the Vikings. Oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. no. Would no. rather dive naked into a bucket of razor. So, okay. yeah. So there you go. So Packers playoff chances, momentum. You're hearing a lot of confidence coming out of this team. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more when we get to our third quarter. But uh, Aaron Rodgers had a pretty uh, quotable quote this week uh, as he sent a message to any of these teams that are expecting to play uh, the Packers in the playoffs. And, you know, is it a bigger deal if they come to Lambeau or da-da-da-da-da? And he says, you know what? Either you're playing in Lambeau Field or you're going to be hosting the effing Green Bay Packers. (laughs) And this comes out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth. And I'm sorry for all the drama that's gone up and down with him this year. He's wow, our jerk. Awesome. He's our jerk. <laughs> that's our jerk. I'll claim that jerk any day. <laughs> I'll claim with that. I saw the quote and I didn't know who said it first. I'm like, man, that's a great quote. It's up there with with JJ Watts. Well, maybe we're just effing better. No, honey, you're not the Packers. You're not effing better. Where did he say that? Was that on the McAfee show or? Um, yeah, probably. No, it was a pre- it was a press conference. He did like drop the and he used the f bomb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is a quarterback that suddenly is in the lead for MVP, who's got he's, a hell hell of a hell of a lot of swagger. He's feeling comfortable, isn't he? <laughs> and, he's feeling uh, his oats. There's about thirteen different Packer uh, websites who tripped over themselves running to their T-shirt uh, generating factory <laughs> to quickly get that out and claim that as their 
Christmas gift. <laughs> That's a lot to put on a T-shirt, but I'm sure they'll figure it out somehow. <laughs> you can be sure of that. So let's let's finish up the second quarter. Playoff chances looking great. On our own, uh, on our own destiny. So a win there for the Packers too. We'll say two and zero oh. for sure. That's yeah. a win. Yeah. So third quarter is a little potpourri here. Uh, David Bakhtiari and uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it gets, it gets dusty. Yeah, yeah, I just was never a fan. Go ahead. Okay. How very nineties. Can, can we change the name to something else? Uh, grab bag. Too late. Too late. We've already mentioned it. Keep going. Dusty just for future is. reference. That's all. Got it. Okay. So in what will never be referred to again as potpourri. Uh, oh, said it again. I know. <laughs> <laughs> on purpose. Yes, David Bakhtiari. I don't know if you guys are reading up on this. I uh, yeah. did not practice today. What's going on here, guys? Okay, Set. first... Oh, go ahead. I know. All right, go first ahead. of all, chill out. He's already on the roster. They yeah. don't have to worry about him not not being activated. He's on the active... You know, he's on the 53. Um, He'll be ready when he's ready. And right now, I think we have the luxury of the, the offensive line, though. Left tackle can be a little weak at times because we're on the backup to the backup to the backup. I think we have a lot of your time to make sure he's not coming back prematurely because it's obvious we're heading to the playoffs and that's where we're going to want him. So relax people. He'll be there when we need him. Okay. Let me ask you this. How do you feel about the fact that they say they are quote, double quotes, unloading him for a week? Basically they're shutting him down for a week. Does that concern you? is they're not giving any information so did he have a right. setback well that's the first thing you have to think of right why else would they do that yeah if he had surgery or almost to the year mark because it was right mm-hmm. at the end of last season so healing should be done and then he had the cleanup procedure yeah well, he had the cleanup procedure and they might just be letting that heal a little bit longer i don't know but but to i mean they could do that without you know, without making this big announcement that they're unloading him for a week, right? He could come to practice, stand around a little, you know, whatever. When did this um, become referred to as unloading? Yeah, fir- I, I first just, time yeah. I've ever, yeah, first time I've ever heard. When I saw the the uh, headline, I'm like, what? What? What are they talking about? And I mean, does Matt Lafleur just make up words? Like I'm maybe. Not. Well, at least he's not as vague as as McCarthy. Like, well, he's got an elbow. Well, I hope he has two elbows. You know, you play better in football if you have two elbows. Um, I don't know what to take this. Uh, yeah, I'm concerned. I would, say, I would I think concerned. if it's just a week, I think it's okay. Maybe he's not there from a strength and conditioning standpoint yet. But I don't think it's an orthopedic setback because they're only gauging it by one week. You know, if it was. I would think that if it was a strength and conditioning thing, he'd be in the weight room for a week. Yeah. You know? um, I don't know. I, I mean, just I have all kinds of questions and no answers. <laughs> so, so here's my attitude, and they kind of got into a conversation a little bit uh, with Nagler today. When Bakhtiari comes back, he is not going to be prime Bakhtiari. He last no, played not. in a game last year. What was it? Last October, November? I can't remember when he went out. December, I thought. December, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a year. Right, it's been 12 months, yep. So even if we say, oh, he's better for the playoffs, now we're going to throw him up against a top-tier defensive end on the creaky knee that he really hasn't gotten himself into a rhythm. He isn't, you know, in conditioned shape for playing against, you know, live contact. I guess I'm just going with the attitude he's not coming back. 
And and really, when you look at our offensive line, they've really played well given the talent that we've had there. I don't know why you, I don't know why you'd risk it, especially if you really don't feel like he's 100. percent I mean, why do you put him in there? I don't get it. Well, I don't think they would if they didn't think he was 100. percent And I kind of agree with you that, well, I mean, until today. I assumed he was going to be back. I assumed he'd come back for like the Vikings game, play a few, you know, play however many snaps they decide, play against the Lions, you know, get that football conditioning under his belt and then be back for the playoffs. But after this whole unloading thing today, you know, and another week goes by now, you know, now I'm kind of thinking, I don't know if he's coming back. And see, do you have a good point in talking about how he's not, not prime Bakhtiari? You're getting a David Bakhtiari if he were to come back in the next week or two that where we would expect him to be at the beginning of a training camp. He's had no practice under his belt other than kind of standing around doing some, you know, maybe some tossing the ball to somebody, which really doesn't amount to anything. So in addition to him not being prime from a physical standpoint, he's going to be rusty as hell. And, you know, Jair, who we're also kind of hope, hoping comes back, is going to be a little bit in the same boat. Now, obviously, he's always going to be an upgrade over Kevin King. But, man, you know, Stokes and uh, Rasul, they, they've they've done okay. They, they've been okay taking on those corners. So then maybe that's the same thing where they're looking at Jair and saying, okay, is putting in a rusty Jair a step down from the level of play we're currently expecting from the two guys starting? So I could see them both playing against the Vikings a bit just to kind of see where they're at, to see are would they be a meaningful contribution to the playoffs or do they rust them the rest of the year? Yeah, well, that was my plan. <laughs> you know, <laughs> kick, the t- to- kick the tires in a low-stakes game and kind of see how they yeah. do. But today kind of put a, a damper on that for me, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I I guess I'd rather just go in with the feeling now we've got the cards we've been dealt and let's play them and you know if we end up drawing a drawing an ace a little bit later on that's great but right now the guys we have are good enough to be eleven and three so I'm good yep. <laughs> I'm good right now guys it's good that's who we go with yes so Aaron Rodgers was named the NFC Player of the Week uh, this week so congratulations to him a lot of talk this week actually the past two weeks uh, about uh, Brett Favre now that he has tied the franchise record for most touchdown passes uh, there was a real interesting uh, discussion they had against the Bears where he had a uh, mimicked Brett Favre's uh, a preseason game from what is 2007 or something like that against the Bills and how he'd uh, uh, on that pass that he had made to um, Aaron Jones mimicked something that Favre had done with Amon Green, uh, just a little flick pass for a touchdown. Now that he's tied him, there was some reminiscing about his first touchdown, which was to Greg Jennings in a, in a game in relief in 2007 against the Cowboys. Uh, it, it's, it's neat to see some of this uh, history that we've lived through where Favre was setting all these records and breaking Peyton Manning's records for this or that. Uh, and now suddenly, um, he, he's here's Aaron Rodgers ready to start that record toppling. And it's pretty cool. That is, it's been a hell of a journey for him to get to this point. So we were kind of hoping he was going to break the record, but now it turns out it's probably going to be broken on Christmas Day, uh, where he will nice surpass Brett frame. Favre. Yep. Uh, so I guess let's go around the horn here. Who is going to be the lucky guy who catches Aaron Rodgers? Record-breaking touchdown against the Browns this weekend. Kelly, you go first. All right. Well, I was 
hoping well, it definitely won't be MBS. Pick one. Um, who, <laughs> can can I do who I wanted Pick to be? Pick one. With Aaron Jones. Okay. You're really? Okay. I, I want it to be the big dog, but I think it'll be a little flick off to Aaron Jones. The big dog is my my choice, and the reason is they have tried very hard the last two games to get him yes. to down, and he has come up like a couple of yards short twice, and I think five yards short short another time. So they are using him down in that red zone, trying to get him a touchdown, and I'm hoping that uh, that that's what it'll be. CD. Well, I'm going to say Devontae Adams. and oh, the easy choice. Well, it's an easy choice, <laughs> but, you know, let, let's be honest. Not uh, that there's anything wrong with that. No, no, but Aaron Rodgers does, I don't want to say force the ball to Devontae, but I know he looks for him at certain times. And I think Aaron Rodgers, of anyone we've ever probably watched play football, I don't never see anyone who's more encyclopedic in terms of knowing what's going on in terms of stats and records and you know his own record he knows that that pass is going to be one that's going to be replayed years from now and i think he's really going to want Devonte to be the one to receive it so but you know had cobb not been hurt i bet it would have gone to cobb it might have but i don't even know about that i, I think he and Devonte have a very very special connection right now and i think he's going to really look for him for this record-breaking touchdown. Okay. All right. Well, that'll take us to the end of uh, Potpourri. Stop it! (laughs) And we'll uh, call that a win as well. Uh, Great, uh, some great stuff there, uh, other than Bakhtiari not coming back, but uh, some great stuff with Aaron Rodgers uh, this week. So another win, 3-0, and let's take it to the fourth quarter, which will be the Christmas Day game in Lambeau Field. On a Saturday. Does anyone know the last time the Packers played on a Christmas? A couple years not. ago. A couple years ago, because I sold those tickets, too. <laughs> I host Christmas. I would never hear the end of it from my mom if I was like, hey, going to go to the game. Sorry. Oh, I'd be the worst daughter ever. Well, so, so it has happened recently. It you, has you happened. Know, no, no idea, Jersey? It, no, I have no idea. Since the Packers won the Super Bowl, it was either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Well, that's two different things. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is. I know. Okay. Not to my mom. Well. So anyway, uh, he one doesn't thing know. That He's just asking. You don't know no, either. I, no, actually, I don't know. I was hoping I put it in the script. Can you guys uh, so when you guys sound uh, smart about this, so uh, this is why I am the exhausted Kelly Hodgson. <laughs> it can be exhausting at times. But he's innervated with, as opposed to what, like no nerves or what? No, no, that 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 means like depleted. Like um, what was the word they used? no energy depleted you know like spent from that game gotcha so it's definitely so the interesting thing is that if you are going to the game uh the green bay press gazette just had a very interesting article on how the game day experience is going to be a little different um omicron COVID 19 is starting to sweep the green bay area in general they just had some um military uh troops that were sent to bellin hospital here in town because of the overloads uh, to to help out with things. We have Christmas Day, which in a small sleepy town like Green Bay, you know, places tend to shut down on, on Christmas Day. So uh, I think they even said Hinterland Brewery uh, will be open for the pregame, but after the game is over, nope. Bye, everyone's going home. 
So it'll be a slightly different experience for Packers fans. Something about that Christmas week game, and not just Christmas, but the Christmas week game, I think Lambeau is at its absolute prettiest, especially if there's a little snow. They have, you know, the, the trees are lit, you know, it's decorated. It's really a neat place for the holidays. Any thoughts, Al? As he's typing away. (laughs) My thought was it would be great if there was snow. So I was looking up Green Bay weather for Saturday. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, (laughs) Walk, chew gum, one of the two. Exactly. All right. So I will tell you. I mean, uh, I I, I will say I have been to Lambeau, not Christmas, but, you know, in January for a playoff game with and now with title town and everything all lit up and yes it's it's quite a pretty sight no snow that I see right never mind so the Packers to answer my own question have played twice on Christmas and both times they have been against the Chicago Bears the first one was in 2005 under Mike Sherman uh they won 24 to 17 uh to finish 4 and 12 under Mike Sherman And then the last time they played was, as Kelly was smart enough to note. (laughs) I was right. Yep. So you can put this into the script next week. Uh, 2011. (laughs) Uh, She said a couple of years ago, so I don't know. It was after the last Super Bowl win. She said after the Super Bowl. I I heard her say that they did beat the Bears 35 to 21. That was the next to last game of the 15 and one season. Uh, That, of course, I went to the New York Giants uh, playoff game at Lambeau Field. Yeah, why don't we just rub some lemon juice into that paper cut CD? (laughs) Yes. So, so that was the last time they played on Christmas Day was literally ten years ago, uh, and or on Christmas Day. So that'll be uh, a ten year anniversary, and hopefully we'll at least have a a similar result for the game, and hopefully not the playoff results. So um, we are expecting bad weather on Christmas Eve into Christmas Day in Wisconsin. Um, We are. Oh yes. This is where I go looking right at. What kind of bad weather? They're talking some snow and possibly some sleet and some ice. Uh, okay, I didn't see snow, I, but okay. You know, we 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 um I have some family coming in, you know, to my house here on Christmas Eve, and they were planning to go home. They're actually uh picked up a hotel right now just to make sure that they can uh just in case they can't get home. Uh, but they are expecting that by game time should be a high of 33 and should be fairly nice, but it'll be a little interesting Christmas Eve into Christmas day might affect people's ability to travel to get to the game. So you might want to travel early if you can <laughs> get into town and not be, uh, waiting oh, until yeah, I'm looking morning. at it. It's going to be all morning long and then yeah. Rain into the night and yeah. Yielding to snow. Ooh. Yeah. Good luck people. Mm-hmm. That's why I sold my tickets. Hooray. I'm st- and also because I don't want the incur the wrath of my mom. Yes. A little bit of nose. Uh, MVS has landed, landed on the COVID list. And everyone still has lots of questions on what that means and what this testing is going to be. I've heard that he still has a chance to play. Either of you have some insight on that? Um, there are, There's a school of thought. <laughs> that um hey, no, get, I've, get, I've, get comfortable children no, okay no i've been reading about this because you know it kind of affects the day I've been job paying attention to but go ahead that yeah. if, there's been some articles that were posted in the past couple of days from different public health experts that if you are immunized and you test positive and you don't have symptoms that you could potentially return to work activity not non-isolation so not quarantine when you start testing negative because the idea is if you're immunized, even though you're positive, you stop shedding faster. And if he's not symptomatic and he's just positive, um, 
the NFL is considering that new protocol that you don't have to automatically be isolated for 10 days. It's when you start testing negative after your infection that you can return to normal activity. Right. It's kind of like they're saying that in those in that situation, the virus kind of goes through you. Yeah. You have it and then it leaves much quicker than what anybody thought, or at least I, I think it's it's specific to this particular variant, if I'm correct. But I think it's more to just your if you're immunized, it's, it's you tend to clear infection probably faster than the ten days that we that if you're just catching it and you weren't immunized and you you were you, when you're considered no longer contagious. Okay, so it depends if MVS is immunized or not. I'm guessing he is, because if they said he has a chance to play Saturday night, if I remember from Alan Lazard, and correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it he had to be symptom-free and then he had to have two negative tests on two consecutive days? Right. I think Lazard wasn't immunized, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. He wasn't. It was, he was not. Right. And I, I'm pretty sure MVS is because he was, when he yes. was dragging Kenny Clark in the uh, press conference last week, he wasn't masked and he didn't have to do a Skype. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. So if the Packers are actually enforcing the protocol or the COVID protocol, those are who are on Zoom, Skype, whatever you want, whatever the platform is, are people who are not immunized. Yeah, and the Packers might want to be abiding by the COVID league regulations. They're kind of being watched, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Cole Beasley, if you need a little comparison tool, uh, the rather outspoken uh, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, who was very public in saying he was not planning on getting immunized at all, uh, has tested positive and will be out for the full 10. Because he's not immunized. Because he's not immunized. So there's no none of this stuff going on with MBS, none of this shedding, none mm. of this testing. Cole Beasley is 10 days, you're out. Got it. So, all right. So that'll take us to the end of the fourth quarter. What do you guys think? Uh, let's see. Overall, Christmas Day, Lambo, a little bit of COVID stuff. A draw. Cole Beasley got it. I say it's a win. Yeah, especially okay. Cole Beasley. We're yeah. going to go for another today. <laughs> well, that was stupid, the kicker. That, that was, was like <laughs> stupid games, stupid prizes. Congrats, Cole. <laughs> All right, let's get to this week's game prediction. Cheesehead Radio. Packer Game Predictions. The Green Bay Packers have now wrapped up the NFC North. They have their grip on the number one seed overall. They're hosting the Browns on Christmas Day. This afternoon, on the, in the afternoon, the Browns lost a tough one to the Raiders last week, and it might be in part because like half their team was out. They will need to win out over their last three games, or they're going to need a lot of help just to sneak into the playoffs at this point. The Packers open up at seven and a half point favorites at home. How do we see this one going? Jersey Al, as always, we'll start with you. Well, we don't know yet which Browns players will be back from their COVID list, and that's quite a long one. But regardless, something about this game bothers me. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I just have a feeling this could be one of those inexplicably disappointing losses. That is, if it wasn't at Lambeau Field on Christmas Day. Surely the NFL gods and the ghosts of Packers past would never allow that. But seriously, I think this game follows the typical pattern of some early struggles and then the Packers pull away in the second half, but this time without the let's let them back into the game part. The Packers will win this one 27-17. All right, the Browns lost a tough one to a, another fringy playoff team last week, but they also had, had half their roster 
on COVID. So they're going to return with probably a good chunk of those players back. And they are really starting to view their last three games all as must wins. Now this makes them dangerous for sure. The Packers now have at least this one game advantage over all the other NFL division, NFC division leaders. So while it doesn't necessarily have to be a must win, they probably would like to wrap this present up early. It won't be pretty, but like all gifts at Christmas, it's the thought that counts. Packers 24, Browns. We have this little bit of worry when it comes to this game, but the Packers aren't the team that has to go on the road on Christmas Day. Sure, the Browns are on the bubble and they have everything on the line, but the Packers sure aren't in any sort of limbo. Top of the NFC versus the perpetual factory of sadness, as a friend of mine refers to the Browns. Before you have that second slice of pie, tuck in for a lovely Christmas gift, because the Packers are going to give it to you. Packers 31, Browns 20. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Cheesehead Radio. I'm already, hey, I've already been knocked out. Where's the outro? Kelly, do the outro. It's so loud. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Cheesehead Radio in our 12th season. Make sure to head over to PackersTalk.com where you can listen to several unique Packers podcasts. Please follow at PackersTalkNet on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Cheesehead Radio and all Packers Talk podcasts can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the pod, show us some love and leave us a review. You can also find us on Siri, Alexa, or Google just by saying, play Packers Talk Podcast. That's a wrap. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, everyone. And and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.